Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. This is Josh Nelson at the Wiser Financial Advisor. Recently, Jeremy Bush and I had the opportunity to sit down and talk about all the crazy stuff happening in the world and the markets and how that relates to people's asset allocation and their investment plans. So I think you're going to find the conversation very useful as there is a lot going on and it's changing by the day. But certainly we want to make sure that we are a voice out there that talks about investment principles, about really things that stand the test of time. So you know what you should be focused on right now and what we're thinking about. But first, this episode episode is brought to you by Keystone Financial Services, a top wealth management firm based in the land of love, Loveland, Colorado. At Keystone Financial Services, we are here to provide unbiased advice and guidance. Our goal is to replace uncertainty with confidence and clarity when it comes to planning for your family's financial future. Take the guesswork out of your financial future today and schedule a free initial conversation with one of our certified financial planners. Visit KeystoneFinancial.com. That's KeystoneFinancial.com. With that, Enjoy the episode. And we've certainly had some unexpected news over the last week or two, right? Uh, geopolitically and the market having a lot of volatility. So there's lots to talk about right now. And as always, we want to make sure that we're staying up with uh, the news ourselves. We want to share that as much as possible with clients, right? As, as far as what we're hearing and what the experts are saying. So I, on, on your end, I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, this last week I was at a financial conference, right? So I was uh, out and, you know, hearing from a lot of experts on what's going on. You were here in the office and I'm just curious, what kind of questions were you getting as you were talking with clients? Uh, so inflation is really big on people's minds right now. Um, you know, specifically, how bad is it going to get? Uh, how long do you think it's going to last? Uh, Etc. And then I, I think the other big one that we've been hearing from people is, uh, you know, Russia, Ukraine. Yeah, it's it's happening over there. You know, um, how does that affect my portfolio potentially? What do I need to be thinking about? And how does all of this stuff really factor into the overall financial plan? Um, so you know, in general, that's really what we've been hearing. Obviously, you know, we take that long-term approach with clients say, hey, you know, we do have a plan. There's things that we've been doing. We use a lot of research from, uh, you know, companies like Morningstar, BlackRock, Fidelity, et cetera, uh, to, to make these plans and to keep the portfolios moving. Yeah, I think that's just a testament to the fact that we spend a lot of time with our clients, uh, not just spending time, but also spending a lot of time on risk and understanding how much risk is in their portfolio, how their portfolio is likely to behave in a down market or when things get volatile. And although the details are different, every kind of a crisis is unique in and of itself, in and of its own details. But in the end, 
you know, we figure this stuff out and the world moves on, even though some of the stuff is just tragic and, you know, horrifying in the case of some of the stuff that we're hearing out of Ukraine right now. In these types of markets, we see a lot of volatility, sometimes very sharp losses that happen in the market. And of course, those things are, are not comfortable. It's, it's like having extreme turbulence when you're on an airplane and, uh, you know, the, the plane does make it to its destination. Everybody gets off the plane and, uh, you know, is glad to be on the ground. But in the end, uh, we, we do need to remember that, that we've been through a lot of tough times before as a nation, and we're certainly going to get through this one as well. So much of it is just managing that that mental factor of it, right? Because, you know, money is an emotional topic, absolutely, especially when it's, you know, your IRAs or uh, what you're living on as, as a retiree. And so that that's, I think, where a lot of the time we earn our money, right, is helping clients maintain and that long-term focus and maintain that emotional state and uh, have the right viewpoint on a lot of this stuff, which is probably why we don't have a lot of calls when things like this happen. Yeah, that's a really good point about, you know, having a strong emotional state is that largely people's success or failure as investors. And they talked about this at the conference as well. And, and again, these are, are not just, uh, you know, kind of people giving marketing messages or something like that. These are multi-billionaire investors and they still preach asset allocation, making sure that You've got lots of different asset classes in your portfolio, making sure you're properly diversified, making sure that uh, in yourself that you know that you have the right constitution for the level of risk that you're taking in your own portfolio, because we all have a different risk number. And by taking that time, and I think we have with our clients, we spend a lot of time talking about risk, not just returns, but talking about risk, because when things get crazy like they are right now, that's really what matters is that we had a plan going into it. And we kind of knew what to expect during tough times. And certainly, I, I don't think anybody, including the Ukrainian people, uh, certainly didn't expect that this was going to happen the last couple of weeks. You know, although relatively, from a GDP standpoint, Ukraine is a relatively small part of the global GDP. And actually, Russia is really, even though they're the third largest producer of oil in the world, they're also a relatively small economic player. But because these things are all interconnected, and because they happen to be affiliated with the number two uh, largest economy in the world, China, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, colluding going on there. But clearly, there's a reshuffling of the world order right now. Yeah, that could have some pretty far-reaching implications. Uh, it's also actually, in a lot of ways, it's been really a, a way to pull a lot of Western economies back together, where there was a lot of contention for years. So lots of good stories that come out of this as well, uh, not to minimize the tragedy. In the short term, I think there's going to be some pain, not only in market volatility, market losses, which may be temporary, right? The market's never gone through a correction or a bear market that it hasn't recovered from in the end, but it, it can be painful in the meantime. It could be a lot of volatility, and certainly people are, are seeing it in inflation. Uh, unfortunately, what we've seen is that now that the price of oil has just really shot up because of the number three largest producer of oil potentially being cut off, and you don't just replace that overnight, and uh, certainly that's going to have an inflationary impact. Although long term, I think there are going to be a lot of alternative energy sources that end up uh, becoming much more of what the, the world uses. We're really not moving towards that fast enough, uh, although we can have lots of discussions about that, again, from a moral perspective. Uh, the short term, that's putting a lot of pressure on Europe in particular, uh, because they're trying to figure out alternate uh, sources, right? If they're not going to be getting it from Russia, they've got to get it from someplace else. And really, even the United States, we get a small amount of oil from Russia, even cutting off 4 or 5% of our oil supply ends up being a big deal and can cause some price shocks. So more than anything, I think it's important that 
you know, our clients are really thinking about that risk number. Uh, not that we ever want to react emotionally. Yeah, I, I don't know if that answers the question, you know, kind of accurately as far as, you know, what, what you're hearing as far as concerns, but that's what's bouncing around in my head. And, and again, from the discussion last week with some of these experts, that was what was being talked about for sure. It, it's hard to answer because you really don't know, right? It's uh, is how long can inflation last? How long does it take to correct it? I'm, I'm just curious more of myself what, uh, you know, what's the outlook on that from, from kind of your uh, experts' opinions? We're going to see some inflation for a while here. It may slow down some, but really the only thing that's going to pull inflation back at this point is going to be the Federal Reserve and central banks in general across the world, not just our own. Increasing interest rates, that's the primary tool to uh, slowing down the economy and slowing down inflation, therefore. And the reason why this is a problem in the first place is that if, if inflation is running too hot, and especially if inflation is actually higher than what the economy is growing at, then that means you're actually going backwards. That means you, your economy is really not growing on an abs, on a, or absolute basis. So it's not a good place to be. Uh, inflation is high enough right now that the Federal Reserve has had to uh, act and completely reverse course. In fact, I heard the statistic at the conference that 25% of all dollars that exist right now were created in the last two years. You think about 25%. that, how, how long are, has our country been around and 25% of the dollars have been printed in the last two years? And we're surprised that we have inflation right now. <laughs> Basically, mm -hmm. it has been caused by the Fed. And unfortunately, although it, it's been great, right? We've seen the returns that we have the last couple of years and our houses have been going up in value. And, and unfortunately, to knock out inflation, and Jerome Powell actually said it in testimony last week to the Senate that uh, he uh, expects and hopes that history will show that he acted like Paul Volcker. Well, Paul Volcker was the Fed chairman back in the late 70s, early 80s. 80s that is credited with killing the hyperinflation that we saw. They raised rates up to the double digits. It killed inflation. It killed the economy. It's kind of like chemotherapy. You're also killing off your economy for a while. But in the end, you looked at what happened afterwards. That's the good news. It really depends on how aggressive they get. There could be other factors that help inflation, actually. Let's say if oil prices were to come way back down, uh, let's say if uh, supply chains ease up, again, the Ukraine-Russia thing has complicated that as well. Who knows? It very well could be a couple of years, 2023, 2024, we're looking at as being some particularly difficult years. Larry Summers was one of the speakers, a former Treasury Secretary, and you know, he, he said, uh, you know, "This economy now—it's almost like uh, having your fourth martini, and and the next morning, and what that would feel like." There's there's still some bright spots on the horizon, right? Yeah, there there were some bright spots for sure. We follow Ray Dalio. He was one of the speakers as well. He's manager of the biggest hedge fund in the world, uh, one of the best track records of all time as far as investors. And he said, again, this gets down to basics, but a lot of times people don't follow the basics and they get hurt because of it. But he talked about having uh, multiple asset classes in your portfolio can actually help you out because those different asset classes are going to behave differently in different types of markets. So, for example, stocks may not be very attractive right now. Bonds may not be very attractive. Uh, maybe commodities, real estate, gold, other things, uh, you know, could look more attractive right now. So as people are looking at their own portfolios and their own risk situation, you should look and, and see the fact that, oh, good, I don't have all my money in one area. That is where people get hurt, though. And, and sometimes, especially when one area runs for a long time, people start to get tempted to put all their money in one area. For example, right now, if you wanted to kind of jump on the bandwagon, and we're not recommending that, but if you wanted to jump 
jump on the bandwagon, well, you'd be putting all your money in commodities. You'd be putting all your money in real estate. Those are the two asset classes that seem to really be taking off with limited supplies and excess demand. Uh, would that be a good idea? Absolutely not. To put all your money in two asset classes, eventually you're going to find any asset class that you own will get killed. It's going to have a terrible year. And those are the people that really get hurt is when they concentrate all their money in one area. So you want to have things in your portfolio that are going to be positively correlated with inflation. Optimistically, as we wrap up, once we get through this time period, there is a spring coming. When springtime happens, a lot of times it happens really quick. And when you least suspect it, and long term, all of these speakers were optimistic that we have some great days ahead of us. There's an amazing amount of innovation that's happening. Most of the world's problems that we have are very curable through technology. And that was pretty neat. There were a couple of speakers that really spoke to that. So long term, we're very optimistic that things are going to be fine. We definitely encourage you to not only go back and look at your own risk number, but never hesitate to reach out to us or recognize that this could last for a while. Who knows? The key is, I think, in the end, is that there are solid financial planning principles that we can really look at as far as getting through other tough markets in the past. So keep in mind that sometimes we'll go through these time periods, but really we want to focus on the things that we can control. And ultimately, we're here to help you and your family. So don't hesitate to reach out. Again, keystonefinancial.com, there is a risk number survey on there. We always want to make sure that that's clear. You can always retake that if you want to go out there and get a new risk number and look at how that compares to what you've done in the past. So with that being said, we are going to be doing much more of these in the future, a lot more podcast episodes that relate to the market and the economy. We are going to have a webinar series that starts here pretty darn soon, and we'll uh, be sending that out by email. So watch your email as well. That's it for Jeremy and I today. Have a great week and God bless. This episode has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.